The following audio is from Norris Ferry Community Church. More information about Norris Ferry Community Church is available at norrisferrychurch.org. Good morning. If you've got a Bible, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 4, so you can go ahead and turn there. That's where we're going to spend our time this morning. But before we get started, I've got a uh, something I need some help with. Um, you guys have probably played this game before. Um, underneath some of these chairs is a surprise. And so I need you to look under your chair and see if there's a surprise there for you. Maybe on your row. If there is, then uh, would you go ahead and bring it up here for me? It's a few people with some surprises. You're the big winners. Just make a pile right here. Y'all can just make a pile. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Any other big winners? Big winners. You guys didn't know y'all were going to be so lucky at church today, right? Thank you. Thank you. So I'm just going to stack these up here a minute. Um, If I can get them to stack here. Some of y'all are going, what in the world is this dude doing? I'm not the normal preacher. So Tracy's gone. So... uh, This is what you get. You get a pile of rocks. So um, this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to look at the book of Joshua. We're going to look at Joshua chapter four. Um, And as we get started, I just want to confess to you that this was a really convicting uh, passage for me. Um, So I come to you from a place of of this week having to have worked through the fact of like, I'm I'm not um, in myself. Um, able to stand up here and say these things to you in a place of like, man, I'm doing this. I got this down. Um, I'm standing here proclaiming these things based on the word of God, not the fact that I'm doing these things. And so there's this wrestle that was going on in my mind of like, you can't get up there and say these things. You're a fake. Um, Because I'm not actually doing these things well in my own family. And so I I stand up here having been convicted from the word about these things, but also wanting to proclaim them to you. And so it's not based on my authority. Um, It's based on my weakness, but on God's authority. And so that's what I want to come across this morning, that as we look at this text, um, that you would see the wisdom of God's word, that you would be compelled by God's word. And so let's pray and ask the Lord to do that. Lord, would you do what only you can do. God, just like that song that we are singing, Lord, we need you. Every hour, every day, every breath, Lord, we need you. We're dependent on you. Lord, even when we pretend like we're not. God, so would you do a work this morning through this text, Lord? Would you make it come alive in our hearts, Lord, that we would desire the things of God? Lord, that you would you would give us Um, ideas, that you would give us practical ways that we can live these out in our family, Um, Lord. And so we ask that you would do an incredible work this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have children, then you know that children ask a lot of questions. They ask things all the time. We've got a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and about to be two-year-old, and about to be two-year-old just embarked on the why questions, right? Why? 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 Kristen was just telling me yesterday, it was like, I think I answered why like 3,000 times. You know, but you, you've been through those stages. Why? 
Why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green? Why do we have to leave? Why can't I buy this? Why do I have to do this? Why, why, why? why? Their mind is ruled by questions. And sometimes that can lead to some awkward times. Kristen takes our kids to the grocery store and to all over the place. And so sometimes that's standing in line. And it's like, Mommy, why do they look funny? It's like, Ugh. Right? It's like, why is their hair colored? You know, kids notice things that are kind of out of place, right? They notice things that don't fit into the norm. And so they notice things and they ask about them. And that's exactly what we're going to see in the text here this morning is that God designed them that way. God designed them to notice things and to ask questions. And so we as parents, we as a church, we as grandparents have the job that when our kids ask questions, we provide answers. And so that's what we're going to look at. If you've got your Bible, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 4. And we're going to read um, verses 1 through 7. And then we're going to also read verses 19 through 24. And what I want to do as we unpack this is that I want to give you four truths that come out of this text. It's really the bigger text of the whole narrative up to this point. But four truths from this text. And then at the end, then I want to begin to apply those into to our life today. And so let's read God's word. Here's what he says. When all the nations had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall tell them, that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the Lord. Before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Skip over to verse 19. The people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, What do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel passed over the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. As the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Now, let me catch you up on a little bit of what's going on in Joshua. One of the things that's really difficult is we're coming in at, at chapter four. And so we've missed the beginning of the movie. Right. And so so let me just catch you up real quick. Joshua is now the new leader. Joshua is the leader of Israel. Moses used to be the leader. Moses has died. Now Joshua is the leader and Joshua is about to lead the people into the promised land. So to get to the promised land, though, there's this big river. It's called the Jordan. 
And so they've got to cross the Jordan to get to the promised land. Now, the promised land is this land that God had promised to Moses and then he said, or to Abraham, and he said, hey, I'm going to give you a son, and through that son, I'm going to make you a blessing to the nations, and I'm also going to give you a land. And so he made this promise in Genesis, and now we see Joshua on the edge, about to lead the people into this promised land. And Joshua's leading all these people. And so, so what we're going to do is I'm going to unpack this whole process a little bit. And so let me give you truth number one that I want you to pull out and what I want you to see from this text so that we can begin to apply it in our own life. Truth number one, we need to remember and teach our children the power of God. We need to remember and teach our children the power of God. Let me read this text one more time, starting in verse 21. He says, And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over the Jordan on dry ground. Now we read that and we think, oh yeah, cool. Some of us who are savvy with our Bible knowledge, know that this had been done before, just like Joshua said, like God did this again in the Red Sea. He parted it. But let me just paint this picture because this is an epic miracle. The Red River a couple months ago was at flood stage, overflowing its banks. At this time of the year, the Jordan is overflowing its banks. It's rainy season. It's overflowing. And the people walked across on dry ground. This can't be explained any other way than than God is mighty to stop water from flowing. Now, there's two things in nature which people haven't really figured out how to stop. And one of them is water and one of them is wind. But God stopped the river from flowing. So that they could walk across on dry ground. Now imagine being Joshua and the people of Israel. You and about a couple thousand of your closest buddies need to cross the Red River. And it's flooding. And you go, what? But God stopped the river that they could walk across on dry ground. God is mighty. There is no one else who can do that. God is mighty. We need to remember the power and the mighty hand of God. And we need to teach it to our children. God's unmatched in his power. He spoke and the world came into being. The scriptures tell us that he sustains and upholds the universe in his hand. This is the God whom we serve. This is the God whom Joshua served. And he was leading these people into a land that they were going to have to do battle in. And so God says, hey, you know what? I'm going to show you a miracle. I'm going to stop this river. And I'm going to let you walk across on dry ground. So that you will remember that I'm mighty and powerful. Truth number two I want you to see. We need to remember and teach our children the promises of God. Now, wrapped up in this is is the people of Israel are going into a promised land, right? Hence, it had been promised a long time ago. But the story of Israel is this, that, that God promised this to a man who had no children. And his wife was barren. And then God gave him a child. And then 
that child became a nation, and that nation went into captivity in Egypt. Not exactly the promised land, right? Slavery. But that wasn't the land that God had for them. And so then God brought them out of Egypt through this miraculous display of his power. And then, because of their disobedience, they didn't get to go in the first time. So Joshua has spent the last 40 years wandering around in this desert. And some of you are kind of like Joshua. And you get this. You know that God has made a promise. You know that God has promised that he will not give you anything more than you can bear. Some of you are like Joshua. You know that God has promised that he works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Some of you are like Joshua and you know that that God has made a way for you to be reconciled back to him through his son, Jesus Christ. Some of you are like Joshua and you know the promises that God has said that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Some of you are like Joshua and you know the promises of God that, that God said that he would send his son back. And that ultimately he will wipe away every tear. He will wipe away every hurt. And that he will create a new heavens and a new earth. Some of you are like Joshua and you just spent the last 40 years in the desert going, is God really going to be faithful to his promise? Is God really going to keep this promise that he said? Is God really going to come through? And so now they're on the edge of the, the Jordan and Joshua's going, yeah, God's keeping his promise. God is faithful to his promises. And so Joshua's supposed to lead these people through, but, but God knows, hey, Joshua, just like... People are so quick to forget when I led them out of the Red Sea. They're going to be quick to forget this. And you're going to need a reminder that I'm faithful to my promises. And so he says, take 12 stones out of the middle of the river. Out of the middle of the river. Where the Ark of the Covenant, where God's physical presence stood. Take those and set them up. So that you'll remember. So that you'll teach your children that God is faithful to his promises. Truth number three. We need to remember and teach our children the provision of God. We need to remember and teach our children the provision of God. So we've seen the promises of God. We've seen the power of God. That God split the sea. The Jordan River opened so that they could walk on dry ground. Dry land, that God made a way for them to acquire the promised land. But here's the other thing. Them coming out of the desert and into the promised land showed the provision of God. Now we know from the story that we see in the scriptures is that, that Israel had just spent 40 years wandering around in the desert. And here's the way that God dealt with them. He gave them manna to eat and quail to eat and water to drink. But if you know the story of this, then God only gave them enough manna for that day. They couldn't store it up. Now, there was one day that they could store it up, and it lasted for two days, and that was before the Sabbath. And so God met all their needs. God provided everything that they needed, but no more, no less. God gave them quail to eat. They showed up every day. God gave them water to drink when they needed it. God provided everything that they needed, but no more, no less. 
just what they needed. Now, why would a God do this? Because God wanted to create in them a dependence upon him. Now, we like to think that we depend on the Lord, right? We like to think like, yeah, I depend on the Lord. If I ask most of you, it's like, do you depend on the Lord? Yeah. But do we really? Are we in a place where, where if the Lord doesn't come through, if the Lord doesn't provide, things go very bad? You see, Joshua's on the edge of the Jordan, and remember, it's overflowing, it's banks, and can you imagine this? Think with me. Anyone who's been in leadership knows that you get these questions. Joshua, hey man, we've been in the desert for 40 years, a couple more months until this rainy season stuff passes, it's not going to hurt us. Like, why don't we just wait a couple months until the river goes back down, and then we can cross it a lot easier, right? You know he got that question. You know he also got the person that was like, Joshua, this is not practical, dude. Like, this is not practical. And maybe even the person that's like, God wouldn't call you to do something impractical, right? There may have been that person. And then you know that there's the other person that's like, Joshua, my stuff's going to get wet if we cross this river. (laughs) I mean, you know that person's there, right? And Joshua, the thing though is, He's had 40 years where he's seen the Lord provides, the Lord provides, the Lord provides, the Lord provides, the Lord provides. And he also knows something. God's told us to do this. And if he's told us to do it, he's going to provide everything we need to do it. We're going to go into the promised land. Remember, Joshua's already been there. He was one of the 12 spies that went in the first time. And the reason he's alive and leading the people in is because he trusted the Lord would provide. Ten other spies, they came back and they said, um, no, those people are big and they're going to whoop us. And Joshua said, no, not if the Lord's promised it. The Lord will provide. He will make all the provisions we need. And so now Joshua is on the edge of the promised land and he's trusting in the power of God and he's trusting in the promises of God. And now he's about to see the provision of God because here's what happened in this story. Then it wasn't like the people, God went ahead and like a day before He walled up the Jordan. No, it was when the priest put the sole of their foot into the river, then the water walled up. It was when they needed it. God made every provision that they needed for them to walk in obedient faith. It wasn't before. It wasn't after. It was when they needed it, as they needed it. And so we see that we need to remember the provision of God. We need to teach our children the provision of God. Fourth, the gospel truth that we see here in this text is that we need to remember and we need to teach our children the priority of God. Crossing the Jordan is this landmark miracle. It's It's a landmark time in the nation of Israel's history. They now are going into the land that they will acquire. This is huge. But why did they not get there 40 years before? Because God wasn't their top priority. Their circumstances became more real than the promises of God. They said, these people are big. Our God is small. They didn't see that God is their top priority and we should obey him. We should follow him. We should walk in faith to his commands. 
Do you guys remember the, the childhood game, King of the Hill? Come on, some of you guys still play it, right? Like, I remember this, uh, playing this game in, uh, it was basically whenever we would cut hay and we would pile up all the hay bales. And I remember all my cousins, we would go play King of the Hill, right? King of the hay bale. And, and here was how it was played, is that whoever was on top, that's the spot you wanted. So you attacked them mercilessly, right? Because you wanted that spot. But the thing was that as soon as you got that spot, it wasn't like you could kick back and relax. You had to defend that spot. Because now everyone else was clawing for you. And the thing is with making God the priority of your life is that it's this exact same idea. That as soon as you put God in the top spot as priority in your life and you're walking in obedient faith to him, everything else in your life begins to attack it, right? Everything else in your life begins to say, I want that time. I want that attention. I want that thought. And so it's not like you can say, okay, I put God as my top priority. I'm done. Because now you have to defend it. And that's exactly what Israel had done. They had times of shining moments where they would say, God, we're going to follow you. God, we're willing to do whatever you tell us to do. We'll keep your commands. They put him top. But as soon as they turn around, you see them acting like he's last. Because everything else begins to claw for that top spot. It's the same in our life, right? You've seen this in your own life of, I'm going to read the word. I'm going to start my day right. We're going to make God a priority in our family. And as soon as you set those things, we're guilty. As soon as you're like, we're going to have a family devotion time at dinner. And then it's like, well, that kid just went to the bathroom in their pants. And that kid just punched that kid in the face. And, and it just falls apart. Because everything's now attacking that top priority. You say, we're going to set aside Sundays as a priority for our family to worship God. And then you get the sports team that says, hey, we're practicing on Sundays or we got games on Sundays. And you're like, Ugh! Because now everything's fighting for that top spot. And so we need to remember and teach our children the priority of God. That when we walk with God and make him the top priority, we see his provision, his promises, and his power put on display. So we've just talked about why we need to remember these things We've talked about the fact that we need to teach them to our children. But I, I want to begin to unpack this, and I want to fast forward to the New Testament a minute. Because God knew that we would forget these things, and God also knew that he didn't want us just to get them. He wanted us to be able to pass them on. Hence the reason why God said, hey, I want you to get 12 stones out of the middle of a river, and I want you to set them up in a very prominent place in town. Because they're going to stand out. You're going to see them. And when your kid sees them, then he's going to say, Mom, Dad, what is that about? Why are those things there? Why do we do those things? And you'll be able to proclaim God's promises. You'll be able to proclaim God's power. You'll be able to proclaim God's provision. And you'll be able to proclaim God's priority in your life. 
You see, we get to the New Testament and, and we have a few different examples that Jesus gave us. We have the Lord's Supper. We're through this Lord's Supper, which is this really strange thing that Christians do, where you take a cup and you take some bread and you drink the juice from the cup and you eat this bread. And it's like, what in the world? Why do you do that? Mom, Dad, why do y'all do that? Well, because when we do this, we remember what Jesus has done for us. That Jesus died a death he didn't deserve. To pay for the sins he didn't commit. But to pay for my sins. He made a way for me. He made the provisions for me to be reconciled back to the Lord. But you see, he didn't stay dead because in the power of God, he raised from the dead. Trampling death. Victorious. And you know what? He's made a promise that all those who are in Christ are covered in his righteousness. Not their guilt, but his righteousness. And you know what? He's promised and he's made a way. And that's why we keep him a priority in our life. That's why we do these things. So God's given us some memorial stones to say, hey, when your children ask, he's given you baptism, he's given you church, all of these things. He's given you tithing. That's a very foreign thing to a kid. Why do I have to give up my money? I want to spend it on what I want to spend it on. Memorial stones to point our children so that when they ask, we can proclaim who the Lord is. You see, but it's not just about a stone. It's not just about an event. If we just make it about a stone or just make it about an event, then we become like the Pharisees and we just look at these things and it's like, well, we just keep tradition. You put your money in the offering plate because that's what you do. You go to church because that's what you do. If you live in this house, you go to church. Why? Because I said so. We missed it. We missed it. The Lord said, when they ask why, then you tell them of the Lord's power, his promises, his provision, and his priority. These are teaching times. These are opportunities for you to shepherd your children's heart because God isn't just concerned about you. He wants that next generation. He wants that next generation. He wants that next generation. Because Judges tells us that there was a time that arose and a generation that arose who knew not the works of the Lord and what he had done for Israel. They forgot to tell their children why the stones were there. So let me ask you, what is it in your life? What is it that God has done in your life where you can say, this is a memorial stone to remind me, but to teach my children? Just as a practical example, Chris and I love to do missions, and so our house is decorated with maps all over the place. We've got different artifacts from different mission trips and different things. And our kids ask, what is that? Why do you go there? Because the power of God, the promises of God, the provision of God, and the priority of God. So my challenge for you this morning is, 
as you drive home, what memorial stones can you set up in your life to be intentional? Because the thing with this and the thing where I feel so inadequate to stand up here and tell this to you is that, is that this takes constant work. This isn't an easy thing where it's just going to happen. It takes being intentional. So that when your kids ask, you can tell them about the Lord. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for your word. Lord, just this cool story about how you did a miracle stopping a raging river so that your people could pass through to the land you had promised. Lord, but that it was so much more than that. It was so much more than just grab some stones out of the middle of the river. It was so much more of who you are and what you've done and how you desire to use them. That you desired that through the people of Israel, you would proclaim your name to the nations. That all the nations might fear you. God, so would you help us to be strategic? Lord, would you show us in our life, Lord, where, where we can proclaim the power of God, where we can proclaim what, what Jesus has done in our life, moving us from death to life. Lord, would you help us to be strategic and thinking through ways that we can proclaim the promises of God, that anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved, that you're good, that you're working all things together for the good of those who love you. Lord, would you help us to be strategic and know the things to set up in our life that we can point people to the ways that you have provided for us. Lord, and would you help us to be strategic, to know ways that we can point people to the fact that you are our priority. That things in our life would look strange, like a pile of rocks setting up in the middle of town. That people would say, why do you do that? because of the priority that God has in our life. Lord, would you help us be strategic to remember these things, but also to be faithful to teach them to our children. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Norris Ferry Community Church located in Shreveport, Louisiana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Norris Ferry Community Church, please visit us online at norrisferrychurch.org.